0: First Thessalonians 4:13 4, through 14 says, Christians do not grieve like the rest of the world who has no hope, because we believe that Jesus died and rose again. All humans naturally grieve death and loss, but hope in grief is possible. To grieve with hope, I have to believe in resurrection. But taking a step back, how do I know if the thing I'm grieving about is even worth my emotional investment? Or my action investment. We're in our last story of this series, and there is one death, the death of Absalom. But the grief reaction is different for each of our three main characters. And we see that in our personal lives. When someone dies, everyone reacts differently. And when something tragic happens in society, such as the death of George Floyd and his murder and the aftermath, there are a variety of reactions. Today, we want to come away knowing what are the right things to grieve. So let's consider our first character, Joab, as we read 2 Samuel 18:1 through 18 1-18, which says, David reviewed his troops and appointed commanders of thousands and of hundreds over them. He then sent out the troops, a third under Joab, a third under Joab's brother Abishai, son of Zeruha, and a third under Ittai of Gath. The king said to the troops, I must also march out with you. But you must not go, the people pleaded. If we have to flee, they will not pay any attention to us. Even if half of us die, they will not pay any attention to us because you are worth 10,000 of us. Therefore, it is better if you support us from the city. I will do whatever you think is best, the king replied to them. So he stood beside the city gate while all the troops marched out by hundreds and thousands. The king commanded Joab, Abishai, and Ittai, treat the young man Absalom gently for my sake. All the people heard the king's orders to all the commanders about Absalom. Then David's forces marched into the field to engage Israel in battle, which took place in the forest of Ephraim. Israel's army was defeated by David's soldiers, and the slaughter there was vast that day. 20,000 dead. The battle spread over the entire area, and that day the forest claimed more people than the sword. Absalom was riding on his mule when he happened to meet David's soldiers. When the mule went under the tangled branches of a large oak tree, Absalom's head was caught fast in the tree. The mule under him kept going, so he was suspended in midair. One of the men saw him and informed Joab, He said, I just saw Absalom hanging in an oak tree. You just saw him, Joab exclaimed. Why didn't you strike him to the ground right there? I would have given you ten silver pieces and a belt. The man replied to Joab, even if I had the weight of a thousand pieces of silver in my hand, I would not raise my hand against the king's son. For we heard the king command you, Abishai and Ittai, protect the young man Absalom for me. If I had jeopardized my own life and nothing is hidden from the king, you would have abandoned me. Joab said, I'm not going to waste time with you. Then he took three spears in his hand and thrust them into Absalom's chest. While Absalom was still alive in the oak tree, ten young men who were Joab's armor bearers surrounded Absalom and struck him and killed him. Joab blew the ram's horn And the troops broke off their pursuit of Israel because Joab restrained them. They took Absalom, threw him into a large pit in the forest, and raised up a huge mound of stones over him. And all Israel fled, each to his tent. But when he was alive, Absalom had taken a pillar and raised it up for himself in the king's valley, since he thought, I have no son to preserve the memory of my name. So he named the pillar after himself. It is still called Absalom's monument today. Now, what does Joab grieve? Joab grieves lost opportunity. Let's look at some of Joab's history. In 1 Samuel 24, David spares King Saul's life in a cave. Joab is there with the mighty men, and because David spares Saul, they all have to spend more years on the run. In 1 Samuel 26, David and Abishai, Joab's brother, sneak into King Saul's camp. Abishai offers to kill King Saul for David, but David again spares Saul's life. Joab was again with David's troops and would have certainly heard about this from his brother. Another missed opportunity. In 2 Samuel 3, David is king and David greets Abner, the general of former King Saul. But verse 27 says that instead of greeting Abner, Joab kills Abner. Joab's not a person that likes to miss an opportunity to kill an enemy. So in our story today, when he hears that one of his soldiers didn't kill Absalom when he had the chance, Joab doesn't like that. It doesn't matter that David didn't want Absalom killed. Absalom is an enemy. So Joab kills him himself, then has his armor bearers make sure that he's finished off. And then they put him in the ground in a pit and raise stones over his grave. And this is not so much a memorial, but a warning. You know, there's a singer that I like named Tim Minor. He was signed to a Christian music label, but he had it as a goal to get signed with Motown so that his music could reach more people, and he eventually did get signed with Motown. And they let him write and produce his own music. One song that he wrote was called Do You Dream of Me, but that song has never been released. In fact, I don't think the original recording for that song exists anymore, even though according to an interview by Tim Minor, the song was completed. Do You Dream of Me is a song about a former girlfriend of Mr. Minor. He wondered if she still thought of him. But as a Christian and a married man, he realized that an ex-girlfriend is an opportunity that he should not even be considering. So he trashed that song. Some opportunities are opportunities to sin. Other opportunities are missed to do good. You know, I had a woman come to my office on Tuesday saying she was here for our blood drive and she had an appointment. I told her that our blood drive was the next day on Wednesday, but she was sure it was on Tuesday and she left frustrated. After she left, I got the idea to look up blood drives on my computer and I saw that a different church in Oakdale was having a blood drive on Tuesday. And I was disheartened that I missed the opportunity to possibly help this woman get to her correct appointment. Ephesians 5:15 through 17 says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Joab had an opportunity, but he didn't follow his king's will. And as I said before, not every opportunity is one to be taken. There are opportunities to do evil every day. Jesus never took those opportunities, but he made the most of every opportunity to do good. You want to know what the will of our God and King is? Matthew 5.44, Jesus says, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And similarly, in Luke 6.27, he says, not just to love your enemies, but do good to them who hate you. And the Apostle Paul put it this way in Romans 12.21, do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. So don't grieve a missed opportunity to do evil. You know, I should have gone out looting. I could have got a new TV. No, instead, grieve the opportunity that you missed to show love and mercy. And this is hard when everyone around me is taking opportunities to do evil and seemingly gained by it, but that's not right grief. We're to grieve rightly. Now, our next character is Ahimaz. Ahimaz grieves limitations. So we're going to continue his story starting in verse 19. Ahimaz, son of Zodak, said, Please let me run and tell the king the good news that the Lord has vindicated him by freeing him from his enemies. Joab replied to him, You are not the man to take the good news today. You may do it another day, but today you aren't taking good news because the king's son is dead. Joab then said to a Cushite, go and tell the king what you have seen. The Cushite bowed to Joab and took off running. However, Ahimaaz, son of Zodak, persisted and said to Joab, no matter what, please let me also run behind the Cushite. Joab replied, my son, why do you want to run since you won't get a reward? No matter what, I want to run. Then run, Joab said to him. So Ahimaaz ran by the way of the plain and outran the Cushite. David was sitting between the city gates when the watchman went up to the roof of the city gate and over the wall. The watchman looked out and saw a man running alone. He called out and told the king. And the king said, is, is he, if he's alone, he bears good news. As the first runner came closer, the watchman saw another running. He called out to the gatekeeper, look, another man is also running alone. This one is also bringing good news, said the king. The watchman said, The way of the first man, the way the first man runs, looked to me like the way Ahimaaz, son of Zodak, runs. This is a good man. He comes with good news. The king commented. Ahimaaz called out to the king, "All is well," and paid homage to the king with his face to the ground. He continued, "Blessed be the Lord God. He delivered up the men who rebelled against my lord the king." The king asked, "Is the young man Absalom all right?" Ahimaaz replied. when Joab sent the king's servant and your servant, I saw a big disturbance, but I don't know what it was. The king said, move aside and stand here. So he stood to one side. Now let me quickly explain the difference between lost opportunity and limitations. Lost opportunity is I had the chance, but I didn't take it. That's illustrated by Joab. Limitation is I never got the chance even to try. And that's illustrated by Ahimaz. Ahimaz is a gifted runner. Because he's so fast, part of his special job as a soldier is to carry messages. And he loves it. Ahimaaz loves to run. Joab needs to send the message to King David that Absalom is dead. And he doesn't choose Ahimaaz for the job. Normally it would be his job. Ahimaaz is the fastest. And this is an honorific job to give a message to the king. But because the king will take it as bad news that his son is dead... Joab doesn't want to send his best messenger. Ahimez doesn't care, though, if the news is good or bad. He says, I want to run. He's grieving not having the chance to use his gift and not getting to see the king. So Joab decides to let him go. Now Ahimez is so fast that he passes the other messenger, the Cushite, that left before him. And when the guards see him from a distance, they expect good news. And as delivers the good news. Blessed be the Lord your God. He delivered up the men whom rebelled against my Lord the King. You know, I think limitations may be one of the big frustrations among many, to be sure. But one of the main frustrations of the COVID-19 pandemic, being told what we can't do. Being told there are limitations on my connections with people, my ability to work, my ability to educate my children my desire to worship with the people of God. And when we are frustrated, maybe we share the message of frustration when we talk to others, you know, on our social media, as an example. But we Christians are not called to spread bad news. We have freedom of speech in the United States, but First Peter 2.16 says, Do not use your freedom as an excuse to do evil, but instead live as a servant of God. And the message of Jesus is good news. Neither the COVID-19 nor the recent curfews have hampered mine or anyone else's ability to share faith in Jesus with someone. Meeting together is not the mission. Making disciples is the mission. A building is not the church. People are the church. So grieve when you can't give the good news of forgiveness of salvation through Jesus Christ. But that limitation doesn't even exist in the United States. Grieve the right thing. Instead of grieving limitations, look for opportunities. Looking for opportunities is a healthy way to move through grief. Our last character is King David, and he's our example of right grief. In 2 Samuel 18, verse 5, it says, King David commanded Joab, Abishai, and Ittai, treat the young man Absalom gently for my sake. All the people heard the king's orders To all the commanders about Absalom. Then verse 12. The man replied to Joab, Even if I had the weight of a thousand pieces of silver in my hand, I would not raise my hand against the king's son. For we heard the king command, You, Abishai, and Ittai, protect the young man Absalom for me. And then finally, verses 31 through 33, when David hears the news of his son's death. Just then the Cushite came and said, May the Lord... The king, hear the good news. The Lord has vindicated you today by freeing you from all who rise against you. The king asked the Cushite, Is the young man Absalom all right? The Cushite replied, I wish that the enemies of my lord the king, along with all those who rise up against you with evil intent, would become like that young man. The king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber above the city gate and wept. As he walked, he cried, My son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, if only I had died instead of you. Absalom, my son, my son. See, what David grieves is lost life. Absalom has wanted David, his father, dead for some time. He managed a coup d'etat to take over the kingdom and drove David and his followers out of Jerusalem into the wilderness. If David hadn't had a spy in Absalom's court, David and all his men would have been dead. Despite all this, David loved his son and commanded that Absalom's life be not just spared but protected. David's protection order was not obeyed. And so this other messenger arrives with what he thinks is good news. I wish that the enemies of my lord the king along with all who rise up against you with evil intent would become like that young man. In short, Absalom is dead. And David is deeply moved. He goes to a chamber above the city gates, so a very public place, and he weeps and cries out, My son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, if only I had died instead of you. You David would have given his life to save the life of his son, the sinner. And what a picture of Jesus that is, who did die to give his life to save the sinner's. You know, when Derek Chauvin was arrested, that wasn't good news because George Floyd was still dead. This week, when uh, Tao Feo, Thomas Lane, and J. Alexander Kung were arrested with aiding and abetting Floyd's mor- <coughs> murder, that wasn't good news either because George Floyd was still dead. Now, I'm not saying I don't want justice. Of course I do. But my motivation for grief You know, moving it from an inward focus to an outward action is to restore life. And as I said from the beginning of this series, to grieve with hope, I need to believe in resurrection. I'm assured of resurrection through Jesus who gave his life for me and will not only restore me to life after death, but will restore all of creation. You know, as human beings, we all grieve loss, real losses and perceived losses. But the greatest loss is the greatest gift, the loss of life. That's why we grieve when someone dies. That's why the whole community or whole nation grieves hard when a life is taken prematurely like George Floyd's. That's why Christians should grieve very hard for every person who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. And that grief should move us to the action of sharing the good news. That's the mission. Grieve the right thing, the loss of life, and then do something. Speak the words of life and do the work of justice to restore life to people. Let's pray from Psalm 8. O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have displayed your splendor above the heavens. You are established in strength because you make the enemy and the revengeful cease. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what are people that you should take thought of us? and the Son of Man, that you should care for him. But God, you do care for us. You gave the life of your Son, Jesus, to save an evil world because you grieved an eternity without us. So let us grieve as you grieve and give the message of hope to all who are here. Amen. I'd love to hear from you in the comments or on the text line or on the connection card. I also encourage everyone to take some time and reflect on today's message one thing that resonated with you, one thing that challenged you, one thing you want to learn more about, and one thing you will do based on how God may have spoken to you today.